But if you let the dog use his brain, about 30 minutes, 15 to 30 minutes, the dog will be tired. Yes. It's, it's the only way to get a dog really tired. It's mental exercise. with a dog podcast a podcast for the modern dog parent i'm your host carly and every wednesday i bring on pet professionals or some fellow dog parents and we laugh learn and commiserate about everything from the confusing vet visits to dog park etiquette to the 2 a.m potty breaks essentially life with a dog hello hello everyone still on my august vacation so this is another archived episode but this intro me talking is uh, current time, present time. <laughs> um, still just trying to achieve some of my other goals, my, you know, exercising a lot, doing home projects around the house. I got my teeth, like, worked on. Um, and that's gotten better. It's, I still feel like I have a lot of S. Like, when I talk, I feel like I'm, like, S a lot, which I don't love, especially considering <laughs> I'm a podcaster. But I don't know. Yeah, it, I'm getting used to it. And I like them, like the the look of them. I think there's still a few things that I need to work out with the orthodontist. So it's all set for the future and for me podcasting. But otherwise, definitely making some progress on the home projects. I've got like new fireplace happening. We've got a tile guy. We've got an electrician. We got the plumber. We've got me attempting to DIY a bunch of stuff with uh, which uh, dog zaddy is questionable about. <laughs> I think he likes the idea of saving money, but is also like, oh my God, what is Carly up to? Like, what is she doing? Is she going to hurt herself? <laughs> um, which like fair, fair. Uh, th that's not him being like sexist. That's him knowing me and knowing that I am not detail oriented and that I just kind of go into things not knowing how to do anything. And, and I'm also a little clumsy. So I don't know if it's necessarily a great combination for using power tools. So that's where we're at. But moving on to this week's episode. So as I said, it's an archived episode. This came out in like winter, like December of 2020. So hadn't even been a full year podcasting yet. And the reason I wanted to upload this episode again was because I've been doing a lot of behind the scenes podcast things of looking into what guests I want to have on for this coming like fall winter. And I was looking through all my lists of like people I want to interview, you know, I've like saved their posts on Instagram or TikTok or something. And I realized like as I was going through that list that I'm like, oh, like I have interviewed that person and they were really nice or I have interviewed that person and now we talk like a lot, like I consider them a friend. So it was kind of like a nice exercise to do to go back and think about really the amount of interviews I have, really the amount. Um, like how I have been achieving my goals for the last two years without even realizing it, kind of. And this interview specifically with Nina Audison is actually probably one that I'm most proud of. So it was when Izzy was still my co-host. So as I said, 2020. And Nina Audison, I mean, I'm not going to say she's the biggest name in the pet industry or anything like that, but a lot of people know what an enrichment toy is or a puzzle toy. 
for dogs. And I think in America, most people know it as Outward Hound is the one who sells them, which is which is true. But Nina is the one who created them and designed them and then sells them to Outward Hound. Like Outward Hound is like her distributor kind of. So I was just like so thrilled and still am so happy that we were able to get her onto the podcast. And especially in the early days that it was during COVID, an international interview, like she lives in Sweden. She is Swedish, you know. (laughs) So the fact that we were able to pull this off, I was just like, damn, that's really awesome. So that's why I'm re-uploading it now. I hope you guys enjoy it. I think this is really useful information just for like obviously day-to-day care for your dog and their mental health, especially if you have a senior dog or a puppy, you know, if you want to engage them in ways that aren't just physical exercise. This is such great information. She tells you how to go, how to implement these puzzle toys into your dog's routine. So not just like this is a puzzle toy, this is what it does, but like how your dog should play with it, which I think is really useful. And then in addition, I think it's a good time to look into this because a lot of people are kind of like summer's ending, you know, maybe work is picking up, maybe you're going back to school, maybe you have kids and they're going back to school and you're going to be more busy, whatever it is. I think this is a really good um, time of the year to kind of like look into puzzle toys, maybe purchasing some more. There's Labor Day is coming up. I'm sure there's going to be a couple sales on like on Chewy or Outward Hound or Amazon. Nina Audison also have a, has a page on there. So I think this is a good time. And it's also just, as I said, an interview, like a guest that I'm really proud to have been able to have on, especially so early on in the podcast journey. So I hope you enjoy and let's get into it. So we are so excited to introduce our guest, Nina Audison. If you haven't heard of her, Nina is the founder and designer behind a well-known range of interactive puzzles and game toys for dogs. Nina's revolutionary products are designed to stimulate a dog's brain while reinforcing their relationship with people. So her philosophy is that a dog has four legs and one head and all five need activity in different ways, both physical and and mental. So we are just so excited. Uh, we are chuffed to have her on. <laughs> we were chuffed to have her on. And honestly, Arthur is such a great fan because this is what he eats out of every morning and every evening is Nina Artisan's toys. So, I mean, obviously Arthur knows what's going on. So he's like being a bit of a fangirl in the back. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, we were super excited to have her on. Uh, she's going to share with us about uh, why she started her business and the importance of her products for happy dogs and uh, what her inspiration was and why stimulating a dog's brain is so important. Yes, this one is so great. I learned so much. Nina is very nice. Just so amazing for her to make time for us to speak, uh, especially because there was a decent time difference as she is Swedish and lives in Sweden. And I loved what she said. You guys listen for it about how a dog uses their paws versus their head. You know, like, you know how some people can be right-handed or left-handed. Dogs can be the same. Never knew that. I thought that was so interesting. Yeah, I love that too. And um, also, I learned that I was actually doing it wrong. So um, <laughs> yeah, how you're supposed to implement listen the dogs. up, folks. Yeah, how you're supposed to implement the toys into the routine, into your dog's routine is really helpful, I think. Yeah, I think about 
I would go to hazard a guess that 70% of people are doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. I think so. So Something like don't that. be <laughs> one of those 70%. Have a listen, learn from Nina, and let's get into it. All right. Well, welcome to the show, Nina. Thanks for coming on. Um, oh, thank you for inviting me. Yeah. So let's get started by just, um, who are you <laughs> and what do you do? Uh, I'm fine and I do what I've always done for 30 years now. I work with dog puzzles. Awesome. And um, how did you start making and selling games and toys for pets? How did it all begin? Oh, everything started for a long time ago, close to 30 years ago. I have always had a lot of different dogs, but I always had a Bouvier de Flanders. Do you know what a Bouvier is? Yes, that they're kind of yeah. like big and fluffy and they yeah. have like the longer faces. Yes, yeah. that's correct. It's a working dog. So I always had several of them and I always working with them and competition with them. And suddenly I got babies. Oh, no. <laughs> Two girls in one and a half year. And as you know, to have small children is less time to do things with your dogs. Mm-hmm. So that was the reason I started to figure out how I could exercise my dog inside together with my children. So I did a lot of puzzles for my dogs, as I did for myself, a lot of different kinds of uh, problem solving for the dogs and after a while some people saw these problem solving games I mean I couldn't call them games but it was a kind of games and other people liked that so that was the start of my puzzle games for dogs. That's so cool that I think a lot of people when they become parents sometimes the dog can be not as uh, stimulated and enriched and and I love the idea that as an entrepreneur, you came up with this new idea so your dog could be equally cared for while also yeah. caring for your children. That's so amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's correct. But this was quite hard time because a lot of people at the same time think I was a little crazy <laughs> because <laughs> puzzles for dogs who would never would wanted to buy a puzzle for a dog. So lots of people, they think I was a little crazy. A little, a lot of crazy. (laughs) Well, I think they say that about a lot of people when, um, you know, they start a new business and people are like, you're crazy. That's never, that's never going to work. And then now you have Amazon. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And that's true. But also there's good and bad ideas, but I believed in these ideas so much. So that was the reason I worked really hard for almost 10 years. I was traveling around with my dogs and with my puzzles to show people and dog trainer and other people how much benefit both the dogs and we as a dog owner would have with this puzzle. So it take at least 10 years before people understand this was good for the dog. Yes, you, and- you were ahead of your time. It sounds yeah, like, I was. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now it's very commonplace too to have, I mean, especially your games are very popular, especially in the US. Um, yeah. I don't know a dog owner who doesn't have a puzzle for their dog. Yeah. yeah. Or some kind of indoor game. It's a rainy day. Mm-hmm. You know, you, maybe the dog doesn't want to go outside. Maybe the person doesn't want to go outside in, yep. the, in the miserable weather. 
miserable weather. And yes, I think I think everyone has some kind of game for their dog to play. And yeah, and your your puzzles and games are perfect to add in there. Yeah. So you said you were traveling around for years. Did you just make the games yourself at first? Did you just like with things around the house? Now, from the beginning, uh, I did uh, some games in wood. And I did have a company, a small company who helped me to make this. And, but I also had a treat ball in plastic. And that was the hard thing because, as you know, to have produce something in plastic, you need to have a tool, a molding tool. Mm-hmm. And this is a lot of money. So I was very struggling to have this money so I could start producing this treat ball. Uh, so I had the tree pole and also they call it dog smart and dog spinning from the beginning. And these three uh, products I start with and traveling around with. And after a while, more and more people wanted to have this. And I started to uh, move the, the producer to another manufacturer so they could produce a little more products, a little faster. Uh, but that was the, was the hard thing in the, in the beginning because uh, you are a, a small company or a small person, and it was difficult to get the products. Yes. And that was the reason we started our own uh, manufacturer company. Oh, I didn't realize that you had your own manufacturing company as well. Yes, I had that in Sweden for, for, a, lo- uh, for a long time ago, uh, because uh, that was the only way to get the products produced. Wow. So was that for wood and plastic? It was wood and plastic, yes. Okay. So we had that for at least, the plastic, I think we had at least for 10 years. Uh, and then also that, that, that we manufactured the wooden games also for many years. But then I moved the, the uh, manufacturing to China mm-hmm. because that was the only way to get the products out in the world because uh, there was some issue with the wooden. It was difficult to, to have time to produce everything. Uh, but the plastic, as you know, it's, it's a cost to, to manufacture the, the uh, plastic products. Okay. But in the same time, I have always been very, very careful what material I use. But, but for some people are very afraid of products manufactured in China. Mm-hmm, right. But I always say, you get what you pay for. Yes. Yeah. So you can, yeah, yeah, you can have good materials, even if it's manufactured in China. Yeah. So I always have been very, but because my dogs use this game and my children and also my grandchildren. So these products are poison free. It's no fafalat and no PBR, no like that. So it food proof material. And I think, especially nowadays, that's always a huge concern, especially I think in the younger generations is making yeah. sure what they're buying is safe or um especially bpa i think that's like a huge buzzword mm-hmm. recently yeah. so yeah absolutely yeah and i'm glad for that because i always ask for that in the pet business but you have a lot of different kind of materials a lot of them is not good for us and not for the dog either so it's good we are looking for good material yes yeah especially if it's going in your dog's mouth you know, you have to be conscious. Yeah, exactly. And, and then in the dishwasher or something to clean off the toy after. And that's really great that you're cognizant of that. So we have looked at your website and we know that you have tons of different games and puzzles. How do you think of all the different ones? I don't, 
I like to think of myself as relatively creative, but I yeah. I don't know how you do all of these different <laughs> types of games. <laughs> I always say the dog helped me to create this because dogs are smarter than we think. It's like a crossword for us. We start always with an easier uh, crossword because it's too difficult with, with the hard ones. But at once you have started with a crossword, you can slightly move forward to more and more difficult crosswords. The same is for the dogs. They have to crack the code to understand how puzzles, how to work with that. And the treats is the rewards. Okay. So, yeah, do you understand yeah. how? And uh, yeah, at once the dog has started to understand, they, they can do more and more, a uh, little more difficult games and understand that they have to try to work out in different ways to find the trees. That is the reason I have different levels because in the beginning I had quite easy games. And the reason was because the people didn't uh, believe the dog will manage to, to handle more difficult games. But I didn't know that dogs can do that. But people didn't believe that dog can do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, you know, that, that makes sense. I think I, so I, my oldest dog, Lupin, he's a foxhound. And he, I would never call him super intelligent. But I didn't realize, you know, how smart he was until I gave him some puzzle toys as he started getting older. You know, yeah. we, we gave it to him, you know, just to entertain him a little bit since he wasn't running around outside as much. And, and he caught on really quick. And I was, yeah. I was very proud of him. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. I love to see when different dogs uh, get their first puzzle because it's so, so, so I love to see when dogs uh, get the code and understand what they have to do. And all dogs have different ways to work with, with, with the puzzles. You maybe know some dogs are left paw and some are right paw and some dogs are nose dog and some dogs are paw dogs. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. You can see that yeah, when they start dog. with a puzzle, left, right, nose, paw, and some dogs are everything. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you can see something is stronger than, than the others. Mm -hmm. So that's just so interesting to see. Yeah. Especially nose dog and paw dogs. You know, I'm so glad you said that because I, for a long time, have just has I've just thought that Arthur, my dog, who's on the couch with us today, um, yeah. <laughs> I just thought he just didn't know how to use his paws because he uses his head for everything, even when he's yeah. not meant to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad you said that because all this time I'm like, try and use yeah. your paws. I'm like doing this on the ground, trying to show <laughs> yeah. him how to do it. And he's like, you, he's just he's strange. It's because he, he has, has his little, nose. His, he's a corgi, has little short legs, yeah. so he can't use his ah, paws. Yeah. Yeah. He uses his Head long legs. nose. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. But you can teach the dog to use the palm a little more with training. It's possible. But but it's like us. They, they told us we are right left, and they, they somebody tell you to, to write with your left. It's so mm -hmm. difficult. Yeah. It's the same for the dog. Yeah. yeah, but you can teach to write your name with the left hand if you want to, but it takes time. Yeah, <laughs> that's so interesting. Yeah, Lupin is definitely nose first because he's a a scent hound, so that makes yeah. sense. Sorry, no worries. <laughs> this is my little often pincher. Oh my god, <laughs> cute! <laughs> yeah, 
He's a guard dog and rat dog. Yes. They, they, yeah. It's a kind of working dog, but he's very, very small. Oh, he's so <laughs> he's cute. cute. Look at his beard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he is a paw dog. And when we talk about that, it's dogs are breeds for some uh, uh, some work. Like uh, some dogs for fetch, they, they are breed to, to use their nose more than a paw. Mm-hmm. So that is the genetics for the dogs as well, to be nose or a paw dog. Yes. Yeah, that's really interesting. Because my, my boys barely use their paws, the Lupin and Albies. They're both scent hounds, you know, so they only really use their nose and then yeah. they'll use their paws after after they figure yeah. it out a little bit. But, yeah, so they're quite long. I, I love to, 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 to read about different kind of breeds and how they're working, what they are uh, supposed to work with and like that. And that is also something I wanted people to read before they buy a dog. So they know what kind of dog they will have. <laughs> to research that. Well, yeah. speaking of, how do you test the games? If there's so many different dogs with different levels and different, I guess, abilities as far as nose and paw and head, how do you, how do you go about testing them? Yeah, I test with uh, lots of different kinds of dogs, from the smaller chihuahua to big German Shepherd, for example. With different kind of dogs, but as always, uh, some puzzles maybe suit a nose dog more than a paw dog. But I have different kind of puzzles. You always have at least five, six different puzzles who really suits your dog. Mm-hmm. But as I said before, you can also teach your dog to use the nose more than than that paw. So that's I recommend. A dog owner to maybe try. For example, if you have a paw dog, you can put the puzzle on a stool or something, put it higher. So the dog needs to work with the nose. So you can teach the dog to work with the nose. And there will be a little more challenge for the dog as well when they try to solve the puzzle. So they have to use their mind a little more to solve the puzzle. <laughs> uh, so that is a way also to work with the puzzles. <laughs> yeah. And so there's. The different difficulty levels. So as you move through the levels, um, what changes can you see in your dog behavior-wise? Okay. Uh, what you can see uh, from a very easy puzzle, uh, the dog needs just to do one movement to solve the puzzle. And that's, I think, quite important to start easy so the dog understand how to do it. And the next level, the dog have to do like two movements to solve the puzzle. And that you can see the dog started to, to think a little more and use the brain a little more to solve this. So it would be two steps or three steps, even for, for, a, for example, a level three puzzle. So the dog have to use their senses and to, to, to try to think a little more. But in the same time, also, you have uh, sometimes a very food-motivated dogs they maybe not uh, uh, use the, the, their mind as much as they do with the food engineering. I don't know if I say it right. Some some dogs are so food motivated, so they just try to solve the puzzle in all way without thinking. Yes, that's my dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But anyway, the dog need anyway to work. And that's, I always say, a dog who is working, that is the only way to get the dog really tired. 
to use the brain. Yes. Right. You can, yeah, I can give an example. Uh, if a dog is uh, uh, walking uh, one hour, first day, next day, two hours, next day, three hours, the dog will, be, will not be tired. You're just training him to get four hours next day, five hours next day. But if you let the dog use his brain, about 30 minutes, 15 to 30 minutes, the dog will be tired. Yes. It's, it's the only way to get a dog really tired. It's mental exercise. That makes sense. Because sometimes, you know, maybe you go to work or you go to school as a person and you sit all day, but you come home exhausted. Yep. Because because it's your, you use your brain all day, just constantly problem solving or whatever. And it makes yep. sense that that's the same for the dogs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're training to run, it's like marathon. You can run more and more and more. But if you use the head, you will be tired. So that is also something I try to explain for dog owners. That is the only way. And some dog owners say, oh, I walk for three hours today. And he's, he's not tired. But let him use the head. If it puzzles or hide and seek or something like that, but let the dog use their head. I love that. Yeah. So smart. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how do people start encouraging their dogs to play games and to be more curious, to start using their head a little bit more? Yeah. Uh, the key for the pastas is the food or the treats. Uh, some dogs are very food motivated. You can use regular food. Some dogs wanted to have uh, tasty treats and some maybe need chicken. I don't know something. The dog needs to be motivated what you hide in a puzzle. Mm -hmm. And as I always say, put the game on the floor and place your dog behind you. Say sit and hide treats when the dog is looking so the dog can see and be curious of what you are doing. And then you say, be allowed. To start and the dog start to try to find the treats and if the dog don't understand you can help the dog to cheat a little in the beginning so the dog understand what it is what he has to do because some dogs uh, can start chewing because they don't understand they don't know the playing role mm -hmm. we need to teach the dog the playing role it's like playing games with uh, our children you can't just uh, put a game in front of them they need to understand what the game is what the playing rules is yeah yeah it's the same with the dog and once they started to understand the dog can solve the puzzle but i always uh want them to be supervised so they don't start chewing on the game or something like that <laughs> the treat is the reward and the goal yeah that's what um i have the uh yellow and blue bone with the different levels and you spin it around yeah the and, yeah. yep and um i was making dinner and i wasn't quite watching him and he yeah. chewed the little bones and so <laughs> yeah, I know. he was like i don't understand this yeah. <laughs> yes i know at once that will be a little too difficult for the dog it's normal for them to start chewing or something like that uh, that is the reason i try them to understand uh, how they should do the puzzle. But for dogs, what they do the first time they got a puzzle, they will do that the next time also. Because of that is very important to play together with the dogs the first attempts. So they remember how they did the last time. 
if they shoe the first time, they will do that the next time too. Yes. If they put the game upside down the first time, they will do that the next time again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that's really good for all the listeners. If you're going to start on the puzzle, show your dog how to do it. They, They let them visually see where you're putting the tree. Do it with them the first time. Yeah. Rather than just putting the game down and letting them turn it upside yeah. down and yeah. flip everything over. Yeah. Yeah. Very exactly. Smart. So that is logic for a dog. And I also have a tip. If you have a very rough dog, it's very rough with a paw like that. The first time I put treats or food or something, add something inside and then also a little water. And then I put the game in the freezer. Oh, okay. And give the dog. Yeah. So the first time the dog can't just flip it over or, or move it around so the treats jump out. <laughs> so it's frozen. So the dogs need to work and lick this up. That's so a really next, good tip. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that is great to do. So that will dog remember next time. They need to work with that, not not pushing it around with a paw. Yeah, and I think with the bigger dogs, I think that's a huge barrier for some people because their dogs are so big they can just pick it up and chuck it around yeah. and Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. My other dog Albus is is like that. He will just his his way of thinking things through is just to barrel through them, and yeah. so and <laughs> yeah, so I know. <laughs> I think I think that would be really good for him. Yeah. Um, so these days, especially with a lot of people sitting at home with their dogs yeah. with COVID, um, I think there's a lot of dogs and a lot of people are worried about their dogs, you know, getting separation anxiety or forming anxiety or you know constantly needing attention during the day. How can the games help with with those behaviors? Yeah, as I always say, if you should leave your dog alone and leave the dog alone, the dog needs to be tired. So you have to play games or whatever you wanted to do with the dog before you leave. And when you leave, I think you can leave with a bone or something instead. But I don't recommend to leave with a game because the games can be destroyed. It depends on how much you know your dog. Mm-hmm. But if a dog is tired, it's much easier to leave the dog and also train this every day, even if you are at home. So okay. the dog will be understand, not be left alone directly. But you train every day, the dog will be uh, uh, understand this is normal. Yeah, that makes sense because you, you tire the dog out and then you yeah. say, okay, now it's it's nap time. Yeah. And you leave the dog, they can have their own, you know, kind of individual time away from you. Yeah. And then that makes a lot of sense. So I think it could be really easy for someone, maybe before they go to work in the morning, they they feed their dog through the game. Yeah. You know, yeah. watch the dog play together a little bit and then, you know, go off to, to work. Yeah. 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 It's much easier to leave a, a dog is tired. If you walk with the dog and then go home and leave the dog, the dog will still be, uh, I don't know the name in English. Uh, Energetic. So it, yeah. So difficult to leave the dog directly after you've been walking with the dog. So it's better walk with the dog, let the dog play games, be tired, then leave the dog. Perfect. And I think that's quite simple too. You know, you wake up, you have your own breakfast, you give the dog a puzzle, and then quick mm-hmm. walk and off you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or just let the dog calm down before you go. So the dog not is in the desert, so Not as, as stimulated. So maybe yeah, a yeah. walk and then a puzzle. Yeah, I yeah. think that 
You can also have a puzzle, of course, in the morning, and then the walk, and then a puzzle again. Mm -hmm. Sit down five minutes so the dog will calm down. Awesome. Then go away. Perfect. Great tips. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) I think think that was all of my questions. Mm -hmm. Do you have any more, Izzy? Yeah. No, I'm good. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, That was great, Nina. Well, thank you so much for all of that information. if people do want to go buy your games or your, you know, learn more about all, everything that you do, where they, where can they find you? Okay, uh, they can read more on my website. It's Nina Regular Line Autosom Two T and Two S dot com. But they can also go to Outward Hound in the U.S. because we are. The, I am in the Outward Hound family now in the U.S. and they can also find. All puzzles on Amazon. Just search for Nina Utosov with two T and two S. So all puzzles are on Amazon. And also social media, just search for Nina Utosov and they will find me. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We had such a good time. The listeners are going to love all of this information. And we can't wait to speak to you again one day. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for it being with us today thank you bye thank you thank you all content on with a dog podcast is for informational purposes only and should not replace professional advice treatment or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian trainer or behaviorist